Welcome to The Vanderpoint. Please join your hosts, Jessica Vanderkoy and Rachel Pointer, as they challenge each other and have critical conversations about disrupting and dismantling the systems that fuel human trafficking. What do we mean by accountability? Okay. Um, Just thinking about this in a larger context of when we talk about trafficking and exploitation um, and legislation and those kinds of things. A lot of times people are thinking when we say accountability, we mean lock you up in jail. Mm-hmm. Which is actually not what I mean. No, I, I recognize this, which is why I'm bringing it up. Um, <laughs> I don't think you believe that either, right? No, I don't. I yeah. don't. And I think, I think that um, that's another part of the conversation we're going to have to have in yeah. order to, because what ends up happening, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about how um, looking a certain way gets you charged or not charged, right? Yeah. Helped or not helped. Helped or not helped. You're not believed. Yep. All of those things. So who actually gets locked up Mm -hmm. is very much based on what you look like, Mm -hmm. how you present. Well, and I don't know if this will go anywhere, but being locked up fixes anything. No, and in fact, it, it compounds trauma, and it's an absolute convenience to communities. Absolutely. It is an absolute ticket out of having to be creative, um, having to actually respond to the needs of people, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's um, obscene. I've grown a lot in this area, I would say, over the last two years, but I feel like I owe Senator Ernie Chambers an, an apology, although we never had any interaction or debate on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I have felt absolutely uh regretful and like i need to do something um to repair work that i was a part of in passing legislation that looked at extending sentences for mm-hmm. people or trafficking um young people mm-hmm. uh, same Senator Ernie Chambers was one of the only people saying, I'm not going to support that bill because the bill is going to be disproportionately used against black people. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I don't know what I thought about it in the moment. I think I thought somewhere someone told me that a way to, um, you know, to, to curb this crime is, is quote unquote accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also had conversations about how we are not going to legislate ourselves out of this crime. Yep. And so the bill was passed. Senator Chambers was, you know, not listened to um, and didn't have allies and uh, accomplices around him to push it forward differently. And I regretfully was not one of them. Um, I was not in that space either. What I did learn once the bill got passed and it was being utilized, it was exactly um, as he described, yep. the law is disproportionately being used to, quote unquote, hold accountable or punish or incarcerate black people. Yep. That is, um, you know, we said we were going to learn throughout this process and and be open about where we got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely one place I got it wrong. And I know it has harmed people. Yeah. Yeah. Say, and I would say the same, like thinking about the same bill. So I'm pretty sure I also had a letter of support for the bill. And Senator Chambers' comment got me thinking that maybe we needed to do some more work 
And I still listened to the other voices who said, well, let's pass it first and then come back and amend it. Yeah. Where, because we had momentum and support for the whole idea of you shouldn't get to harm people in this way and just walk around without consequence. Mm -hmm. And this is a great consequence. So let's extend sentencing and all of that. Right. And had I stopped for a moment, I would have recognized the folly in passing first and then amending. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, Senator Chambers was absolutely right. And I think I knew that in that moment. I also felt like we had to do something. And I let that carry me mm-hmm. instead of listening to what he was actually saying. And and I regret that. I mean, that is that is one of those bills that if I could, I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to testify on that. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit on that and say yeah. that I support it. I, I support absolutely support the idea that there needs to be some kind of accountability. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think the solution is 30 year long prison sentences. Right. Because it, it actually doesn't do any good. Right. Uh, it does more harm than good. And like. You know, just thinking about from for my own self, what is accountability for me and what happened to me? I don't know. You know, there's a, there was a point in, in my life where I was like, yeah, lock them all up and throw away the key or whatever, you know. And th- well, that might have felt better for a minute or two. It doesn't there's no justice in that. Not for me. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. And there's no justice in that for anyone else either. Um, and so just kind of coming back to this point where like. I've been taught my whole life that what justice looks like is um, charges, sentences, time behind bars. Yeah. That's justice. But it's not. Right. It's not. And that absolutely does not. If there was justice in that, if there was something about that action that um, would curb crime from happening, we'd have less. We'd have less crimes. Mm-hmm. But we don't, and it's not because the sentences are "quote unquote" too light, right? Well, yeah, because I mean. <laughs> some of the sentencing is absolutely asinine. But we would have less, and instead we have more. And now we are making up stuff so we have more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're we are we are legislating criminals which is a whole other conversation. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've come into this space where we, I don't know that any of us really understand what is actually accountability and justice look like for not just this kind of crime. I don't know that we actually know what it looks like for any kind of crime. Right. Yeah, I think... You're exactly right. I think we're we are we're living in a in a system in a rule in a you know a, a community of laws that prescribes what accountability is. That without these conversations, without some um, dismantling of things, we've never been asked to create a system of accountability that doesn't rely on the prison system. Mm-hmm. So do we anecdotally have ideas? Do we have some budding kind of 
you know, um, restorative justice kinds of things that people are talking about. But as a, a, you know, a broad system with highly protected, highly funded, highly Mm -hmm. um, powerful people in it, we aren't asked about what accountability is, right? Mm -hmm. So this is part of that conversation. And I think listeners probably would be like, well, yeah, tell me, tell me what accountability is. I think (laughs) um, part of it is asking survivors, Mm -hmm. um, understanding that accountability looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what's our system for that? Right. Well, there can be. Um, the program that we worked with, um, you know, that I built over the last several years was we were, we had enough guidance that we knew what we were doing, but not a lot of rules and policies that served as barriers to actually being what people needed. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, we were built to respond to the needs of what people identified they needed, Right. right. Um, As opposed to, you know, everybody gets, you know, a $700 housing allowance, everyone will get one pair of shoes, you know, and which programs fall short in actually responding to the needs of people because they want to put in all of these rules, um, usually to protect themselves from someone misusing their funds, which is just uh, just a terrible uh, uh, rule of administration or leadership that you build a program to to protect yourself from people who misuse um, services as right. opposed to build a program that actually responds to the needs of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have so many systems that do that. The rules are set up just in case somebody misuses this, right? Yep. Um, and that's not how Indigo was set up. Indigo was, you are the expert on your life. I know this is hard. I'm going to walk alongside you and I trust you to identify what actually is needed by you in this space. And I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a way of doing it, but we need, you know, we need champions in that. We need to, you know, break away these, these power structures that make that really, really hard. So for anyone who came to the podcast looking for a list of accountability program (laughs) ideas, um, this ain't it, <laughs> this ain't it. Um, but this is the start of it. Yeah. It's yeah. These conversations. Yeah, for sure. For sure. My, my brain is also kind of taking the whole in, in incarceration system piece down the route. where like this last election cycle, Nebraskans voted on a specific measure to remove was it incarceration or servitude? I can't remember specifically from the constitution. Slavery. Slavery as a form of punishment mm-hmm. from, from, from the Nebraska constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in 2020 mm-hmm. that we decided, oh, hey, maybe this should not be constitutional anymore. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the right number, but I, I do think the end result too was there was still, you know, 350,000 people who voted to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think part of that was due to confusing wording because there was some confusing wording about the way that it was laid out. That is true. Yes. But I also know from the comment section where all good people go to die, um, that there were actually people in the comment section who were like, yeah, why are we taking this out? Because because if we take this out, then we have to call into question uh, community service and cleaning the governor's mansion while you're incarcerated as a work release program for zero dollars working in the prison system itself upholding laundry 
cookery, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we have to think about all of those things and maybe think about, I don't know, paying people who are incarcerated, who do the work. Right. At least minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Well, and which, by the way, if you are profiting or not losing money because you are forcing someone else to do work for you mm-hmm. when they don't actually have a choice to say no, mm-hmm. that is exploitation. Mm-hmm. Full circle, right? We are right. sentencing people, the incarcerated and exploited. Mm-hmm. Which is like labor trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Um, yeah. And I, I'm so glad that we touched a bit on on this, um, recognizing that neither one of us are experts. I know I am not an expert in this content, but I think if if there are listeners interested in learning more, Black and Pink is probably one of the best places you could go um, about looking at the prison industrial complex, um, how to um, get on the abolitionist train. Um, and maybe that's not where you're at and that word scares you, but maybe it's to learn more and understand, um, the history of, of our, um, incarceration systems. And, um, but so if people are interested, black and pink is a national organization. They have a local chapter here, um, checking out their, um, website and work, maybe donating a little bit of money or a lot of bit of money. Or a lot of bit of money um, to um, uphold their their mission and and do continue to do the good work that they do. They've been amazing this last year and how much they've grown, how much impact they have just in our community. I can't can't even begin to imagine what they're doing across the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love following them and you know watching watching the work that they do. I've learned a lot from them and have. Definitely, definitely appreciated their input. And, you know, the work that they do is is life-saving. Yes. Um, and and also life-giving. And um, I hope that, I hope that as we have more conversations like this, mm-hmm. more folks see them as they are and as, like, actual resources mm-hmm. and valuable members of the community mm-hmm. um, that deserve to be supported and empowered yes. to do the work they're doing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We're no, community- we're not being paid to say these nice things about them either. Yeah. In fact, they don't even know we're saying these things. So. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> there is, there is, um, but, you know, I, um, you know, one of the things we wrestled with um, when we were developing um, the content in the episodes was, how far do we go, right? It's this mm-hmm. thread that pulls and pulls and pulls. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult not to talk about legislation and crime and incarceration totally separate from the crime of trafficking mm-hmm. and how we dismantle these structures. Mm-hmm. And so you and I had some discussions on, on um, how do we, how quickly we can lose what our focus is, not because it isn't connected and we're digressing, but because it is um, absolutely related. Yeah. And, and so making sure that we touch on these things to pull through and then get people, listeners directly connected with the experts mm-hmm. in this area to continue to learn more, I think is, is part of our service in this, in this space. Yes, absolutely. 
Thank you for witnessing today's conversation on The Vanderpoint. Jessica and Rachel hope you will join them next time as they continue engaging in this critical work.